Hey guys, and welcome to Goodversations, a collection of honest, deep-dive conversations with young voices in the theater industry. I'm your host, Alexandra Piheko, and I'm joined today by Maddie Hope Coelho. Maddie is an absolute triple threat. She's a singer, a dancer, and an actress, and is currently electrifying audiences across the UK on the national tour of Rocky Horror Picture Show. She's an offstage swing and currently covers five company members, which essentially means that she could go on for either one of these at any point on this tour, in addition to being a dance captain as well. You'll hear us talk about what exactly being a swing means, which I've come to realize is not an easy task at all, and how this whole thing works from a practical point of view. Now, one of my favorite parts of this conversation was hearing Maddie talk about the different audiences that she encounters, and the stuff that she wishes they knew about what it's like to be on the other side of the curtain. Be sure to follow Maddie on Twitter at MaddieHCoelho and follow Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with Maddie Hope Coelho. What's the most exciting thing that's happened to you so far in 2019? I've obviously got been able to go on and do the show a couple of times so far um, this year which has been absolutely amazing. I think I actually, I had my first full show of doing Rocky okay. this year in 2019. So yeah, um, so obviously I started the job last November and that we opened the show in December and I hadn't done the show. How would you describe yourself at this point in time? I'm kind of at a point where I'm very, like, I'm confident in who I am, but I'm still kind of trying to find and like learn so much and find parts of myself. So I'm still kind of trying to put myself out there in the industry and as a performer, as a person as well, just trying to learn as much as I can from as many people as I can. I'm very happy. Yeah, that's good, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Why don't you just introduce yourself, what you do and all that jazz? Okay, so my name is Maddie Hope Cabello. I'm 23 years old. I am originally from Suffolk, um, which is like in the countryside and there's tractors and cows and stuff. I am a singer, dancer, actress, and I'm currently dance captain and swing on Rocky Horror Show UK Tour. And it's running until 2020? Yeah, well, we've we've kind of got a lot of um, TBC dates like to be confirmed because it's a bit of an open-ended thing because Rocky Horror is such a massive cult. Like, everyone wants to see it so it's, it's ongoing but yeah we're booking till 2020 it's such a good night out it's just fun and everyone in the audience it's like they're part of the cast we can't do the show without the audience and the audience are all, all support each other and like everyone turns up in costume it's brilliant so what kind of sparked this interest in musical theater did you get to see shows quite often because you were from the countryside um, yeah, so my aunt actually did a lot of um, amateur dramatics and my mum had been a dancer and my dad had been a singer so um, I went to see my aunt in all of her shows and she, she was always like playing the lead, she was Nancy and Oliver and kind of all these big parts um, and I think I just got a lot of my love of musicals from that and then as a birthday present when I was, I want to say seven, she bought me a ticket to see Chitty, Chitty Bang Bang in the West End and then that was the first show I ever saw and then the next year I went to see Sound of Music, then Mary Poppins and then 
I just saw all these kids on stage and I thought, oh, I want to do that. So I think at seeing three shows that had obviously a large cast of children made me want to get up and do it as well. Obviously, I know that you're incredibly talented from what I've seen. Oh, and, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's no surprise that you're in this industry and that you're making your way through. I'm just curious to know, like, what made you decide that this was the career path for you? Like, as opposed to just being a passion or being a hobby? Yeah, I think I never considered doing anything else. I was at, I went to school and then every single night of the week was dedicated to me going to dance classes and singing lessons at school and doing choir and I had such an amazing support network that I I thought well if I've got this much amazing support why should I even think about doing something else when I know that this is something that I really love if now you took you took away all of my performing skills I think I'd be very lost I wouldn't know where my career I, I wouldn't know what to do because performing is just all I've really ever focused on. Are you equally passionate about dancing and acting or is one or the other more? That's really tricky because I actually started off as dancing was my main thing and that was very apparent for a number of years um, and I was training at the Royal Ballet School and dance was the thing I focused on and I kind of did singing like singing in the shower as you do um, and I knew I loved that but I never kind of thought about it. I think singing and music in general for me, can get you through anything in life. Okay, and kind of, I'm really curious because I don't come from this world of yeah. you know, performing, yeah. so I just want to know, like, did you ever have any, I suppose, classes in how to how to do this thing, like intro to being a swing or what this means? Yeah, this is really interesting and I think it's something that's not actually talked about enough. Um, so when you go to college you kind of, you have all of the classes you learn how to this is at any college it's not just where i trained um you have your dancing so that will be tap ballet jazz commercial dancing everything basically so you're covered if you go into an audition and you can do every style you do your singing and you kind of cover all of your different singing styles and you have acting you do kind of audition classes, so it would be mock auditions. So they'd say, okay, so today we're gonna to do a mock audition for 42nd Street and everyone would be taught a tap routine, whatever. So that's kind of what you get taught as a package at college. I don't know anywhere that teaches you how to be a swing or a dance captain. I think people don't understand the amount of work and stuff that goes into it. Yeah. And can you just summarize what a swing is? Okay, so, I'm an off-stage swing, so basically that means I sit in a dressing room and um, I know multiple people's tracks and I don't have my own specific track. A track is like a, a role in the show. Um, so I, on Rocky Horror, I cover five people and I only do the show if one of them is ill, injured or got like it's not available. But it means that uh, you don't do the show every night. What is that learning process like? Yeah, I mean, I'm four months in and I'm still trying to get my head around stuff. Um, I think it depends on... It, it's different for everyone because everyone's got different learning techniques and stuff. But it is very difficult because you have to learn all of the choreography, so the, the dancing. But then you have to learn the spacing, so where everyone stands. You have to make sure you don't run into anybody. You have to learn everybody's vocal harmonies. You have to learn, obviously there's lines, like if people have speaking lines. So it's just everything really, and you have to cram it all in. And especially with the dance captain on top of that, 
I don't actually have to just know the five parts that I cover. I have to know everybody in the show. So that's 13 of us. That yeah. gives me so much anxiety yeah. just hearing yeah. that. But well done, you <laughs> yeah. do it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, like, I'll be honest, I'm still very much, it's all a learning process. I'm still going in every day and I'm still, obviously I still make mistakes. And it's, I'm only human and it's a very difficult job. I'm not going to say it's an easy job, but it's very, very rewarding. Like when I go on as a swing and I get through the show and, um, and I've had to cram so much into my mind and I managed to get through the show like without making mistakes. I'm like, yes, I've done it. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and how does one become a dance captain on top of being a I know, well, I'm not sure how that came about actually, but when I got the job offer through, um, they offered me swing and dance captain. And I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that I'm not on stage every night as a swing. So then as a dance captain, I can go into the audience and I can watch the show and I can look at it and make sure like all everything's looking right make sure everyone's doing the right thing if there's any issues or anything i can go out front and sort them out and also has that influenced the way you watch other shows so when you go on your day off to see company yeah does that influence the way you perceive that show um i mean i i'm a very like i'm very work driven so when i go and see a show I really try and switch off and just sit there and enjoy it for, like, for a piece of art because I think that's what it is. And I don't, I don't like to go in and start like trying to look at things and look at it as a performer. I try to look at it as I'm not in this industry. I'm just going to go and enjoy it for what it is. But do you have to consciously make that decision, or do you just find it easy to switch in between? Um, no, I think I think I go in and I think I'm just going to sit and enjoy this. But then maybe if if something goes wrong like maybe if something technical goes wrong and i pick up on it i think i think it's just the way performers are mentally like we can't really switch off from that like if if, obviously if um as a dancer you look and if there is a bit of dodgy spacing or something you can just tell i think that's just something that is ingrained into us now that we we just notice that but i'd say i'd go and enjoy a show and what's been the best show that you've seen lately company like we mentioned definitely I mean I'm going to see it for my third time tomorrow but yeah I've also seen six as well which is have you seen it I haven't but I'm going to interview someone from six oh brilliant it's absolutely incredible it's one of the probably yeah I'd say it was up there with company for me what's like a dream role for you if you were to take on this strong female gosh um I'd love to be Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl uh, I think that that's actually always been kind of a dream part for me. I'm not even sure where that began, but I love Barbara Streisand. I'm a massive Babs fan. I try not to have dream roles because if the audition came along and I got I got sent and I got put in a room with the casting directors of my dream show, I think the pressure of knowing that I was in for that part would absolutely ruin my chances. Going back to you being on tour yeah. and Rocky Horror, can you just talk to me how, how you got involved with this and kind of how, how many cities have you been to so far? Okay, so um, getting involved with the show, my agent sent me, um, what applied to get me an audition. Um, so I got seen by the casting director last July and I had three auditions that week. Um, the Monday, 
the Thursday and the Friday and then I got offered the job on the Monday after so it was a very quick turnaround and you don't really usually get that on a show and then obviously we started rehearsals in November and we rehearsed for three or four weeks then we um, opened the show we did a month in Brighton a month in Manchester and then we've been kind of doing weekly touring ever since so that basically means we do a week in each venue um, so I'd say we've done maybe seven or eight venues so far awesome. yeah all, all across the country so yeah we never go to venues that are next to each other like one one week we're in Brighton and then the next we're up in Scotland or somewhere crazy like that so. and do you get time off in between these cities um we get Sundays off but Sundays is also kind of down as a traveling day so if we're really if because I'm from from Hertfordshire so that's quite close to London if I'm somewhere like like say next week we're in Ireland so my Sunday is going to be taken up by obviously flying back. But um, yeah, Sunday is our day off. Yeah, just trying to make the most of the tour experience as well as the show because I don't want the year to pass me by and then look back and think, oh, well, I didn't go out when I was in Eastbourne or somewhere. Like, I didn't go to the seaside or whatever. I don't want to spend my days in, in a room. So yeah, I need to get out more. Yeah, because it's also a chance to travel and- 100%, and yeah. yourself the person yeah. that way too. I've, I'd say, I've not, I'm not actually very well like traveled. I haven't really been to that many places. And I am such like a typical British girl. I love England. So I need to like, I need to, I think I need to grab the tour life a bit more and start seeing things and experiencing different places and stuff. We were actually in um, Torquay the other week in Devon, um, and it was like the hottest February week ever. Yeah, um, we were right by the sea, and it was actually I'd say for me it was the best week of the tour so far. We were we spent every day just sat kind of on a seafront um, restaurant. And we were playing cards and just having like such a nice time. We just sit there for hours in the sun, and it was just nice to we felt like we were on holiday a little bit you know you touched upon this but what is tour life like and I like that the way that you refer to it as we all the time which means yeah. there's a real sense of community yeah um, 100% like we, we are a family we travel on the Monday during the day and then we get to a new venue we do like a sound check and a spacing call which basically means that we space some of the numbers on the stage because obviously different venues um, some stages are bigger than others um, so we do that and then we do the show so throughout the week Monday to Saturday we do the show in the evenings and then people go to the gym in, during the daytime and then it depends what town we're in if there's nice stuff to do we'll all go out together and like, do nice things Or, um, but then so there is that real sense of family but we're also okay with everyone just going off and doing their own thing like some days we all just are by ourselves and that's fine and then some days we all come together and obviously we all work together in, at the night, in the evening as well so yeah so do you guys stay in hotels or how does that work so um we stay in digs which basically means a room in somebody's house or a self-contained flat and so we at the beginning of the tour we got given the list of the schedule for the whole tour and there's like facebook groups and there's websites of people that um kind of rent their rooms out to performers on tour and it's kind of a thing where everyone's like trying to get the rooms um and like get the best rooms before other people doing stuff but uh so yeah we all um sort our own out but 
I think once you find your like friendship groups or like the people you get on with and stuff, you can sort out staying with people. I find that so interesting because up until this moment, I thought you are provided the accommodation. No, no. Um, I think it depends on your rank maybe in the company. And I don't really like using that word because I do believe that everyone is an equal. But obviously on some tours, if you do have a big celebrity, they would get hotels maybe provided for them in exchange for subsistence, which is basically we get like an equity living wage, um, which is the money that is um, goes towards your living costs. So that's the place you stay and your food and your travel. Um, so um, I, I mean, I've not heard from anybody, so I'm not sure, but I would assume that on some jobs, celebrities would get it all sorted for them. So, I mean, <laughs> but I, I don't mind. I like going and meeting new people and staying in different places because I've actually stayed in some really, really lovely houses and yeah cool and you know did you overpack when you first set out like what have you learned from touring so far as I imagine it's quite different to just yeah. doing a regular western show and going home yeah well, overpack 100% I do that I mean um the first few venues I was taking so many clothes that I and I was thinking <laughs> I think when we were in Brighton for a month maybe we had one night out or that I went on one night out I thought, why have I got seven going out cl- like outfits in my bag? So I'm trying to pack lighter. That's definitely something that um, I'm trying to be better at. I think another massive thing is like looking after yourself on tour. Um, and it's very difficult because we don't have regular working hours. We don't work nine till five and we can wake up and have a proper breakfast, a proper lunch, and a proper dinner because we work from five till t- 5 p.m. till 10 at night that's cutting into all of our meal time and like our relaxing time in the evening so something that I I definitely struggle with is finding time to eat properly and trying to get in proper meals and I think it's all it all catches up with us at some point because obviously we need the fuel to be able to get through the show and stuff are there any foods that you can't have as a performer or your advice not to have well obviously because like it's on Rocky and I know like on other shows maybe like 42nd Street Rock of Ages like we are in um like lingerie underwear um or leotards um some other shows are not as exposing and maybe um you don't have to be so aware but I know that when I'm on stage in Rocky and I have to go on stage in a leotard I don't I I basically I, I need to be careful and um, obviously have like treats every now and again but have limits on it but I actually really love Rocky Horror for that because there's six girls in the cast and we all have completely different bodies like not one of us is similar at all and I think that's why I love this job so much because everyone gets celebrated for their bodies we do all come out and we're in leotards and stuff and we're also different and there's no oh you have to look a certain way and I think that there is quite a lot of that in this industry um where you feel like you're expected to look um like a stereotypical way and what is circling back to the tour yeah what is the rehearsal process like for a tour and because I know you've come from a rehearsal today so I'm just curious to know if 
you know, if you're a swing, is that process different? If you're a dance captain, is that process different? Yeah, I think it's different for everyone. So obviously we had that block of rehearsals at the very beginning of the job. So it was three or four weeks and obviously we'd learn the show. Um, everyone learns their own parts and I obviously was learning five people's parts and so was the other swing, the male swing. Um, Do swings get different rehearsals or additional rehearsals? No. So you basically... Yeah, you're in the room with everyone else and you just kind of have to learn, do it yourself. You don't you don't ever get taught your specific roles. You kind of have to... Oh, so you're watching them do yeah. it and then you learn yeah. through that. So um, I kind of sat... I was I did a bit of both. I sat behind the desk and made a lot of notes and drew maps with um, the spacing and stuff. But then I also stood at the side and I did the dancing. And obviously when we did the singing, I was recording everything but I was also singing along so I think everyone's got their own techniques about how to like go like learn their parts but for me it was I, I'm quite um I like having organized notes and stuff so it was a lot of sitting and writing for me and then obviously now that the show's opened and everyone's settled into their parts we do one or two cover rehearsals a week which basically means that the ensemble um in the show rehearse um, their understudy parts. So the girls who I share the dressing room with, who are the um, two ensemble girls in Rocky, um, they also cover the three lead girls. So um, they'll obviously do the shows themselves at night, and then during the day, um, they'll rehearse as the lead parts that they cover. The, the audience would never notice, but the show would nev will never be the same if a swing goes on, because it's, it's always different because you're not used to having that person on stage with you. I've We've done a hundred shows now, I think, and I've done seven of those. So obviously when I go on, it's complete. It's different for everybody else because they've not done the show with me. Um, but, I mean, touch wood, I've not had any horrendous mishaps on stage. Um, but obviously there's the usual things that go wrong, like costume malfunctions and stuff, but you're just going to get that on any show, I think. And what's your favorite part of the show? You know, do the audience leap to their feet at certain oh. points? I mean, actually, for me as a swing and a dance captain, I obviously because I go out front and watch the show a lot. I see everybody coming in, and this show is very special because it is a cult. And I think, like I touched on before, the show very much celebrates being who you are, like being true to yourself and not being afraid of that. And you see people coming in and in costumes and people, I think, people who maybe um, have Rocky Horror Show as a safe place. I think that is a, like, a very good way to describe the show because people will come in and watch and they can be themselves because every single person in that audience is there for each other. Like some people come in, like, um, so Rocky, the character, <laughs> literally wears a pair of pants in the show and that's it so if somebody in the audience um some people guys will come in literally in that costume and the whole audience will cheer and stuff and there's there's so much support out there um and I think that's actually my favorite part seeing how passionate people are and the fact like I said earlier as well that we can't do the show without the audience it's like the audience is a member of a, a member of the cast and the company have you met any actors from the film 
Um, no, we haven't. But um, sometimes, apparently, Richard O'Brien will pop in to watch, but he hasn't so far. Um, but yeah, I think his daughter's been a couple of times. So yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. that add any pressure on you knowing that someone, let's say famous or someone related to the, the film version, whatever, is coming to see the show? Do you um, view the job differently on those nights? I think uh, th- there obviously is that added pressure when somebody so important maybe comes to watch, but I think you always have to go out there and do a show. You have to always give the same show. It doesn't matter who's in, it doesn't matter if your family's in or your agent or a famous person or literally you don't know anybody out there at all it's all strangers you always have to give the same show because at the end of the day everybody out there has paid for a ticket do you ever get nervous before you have to go on because obviously you've gone on for a couple of times um i mean i'm a massive perfectionist so um yeah i would say um i get nervous in regards to i want to go in and not make any go on stage and do the show not make any mistakes and be absolutely perfect and something that I actually and I think a lot of we all go into this industry and we want to be perfect so I think I can safely say for everyone like we all know that there is no such thing as perfection and we have to let go of that idea of being a perfect performer because you're ne- you aren't ever going to be that so you just have to go out there and be the best that you can but um but yeah I think a lot of people do struggle with nerves and stuff and anxiety in especially in this industry because there is so much being asked of you you're put, you're literally putting yourself out there in front of thousands of people to be judged that's what you you're putting yourself out there for really because everyone's going to have an opinion is there anything you wish audiences from a from an audience point of view yeah anything you wish they would know you know let's say they would go see a show now is there anything you you wish they would understand better about being a performer. People not getting credit where credit is due. Like we have so many people running around backstage, people um, dressers, wiggies, um, like sorting out people's hair, makeup. Um, obviously, all the um, technicians, the band. There's. I sometimes just wish that they could see everything that happens behind the scenes and see that there are so many different components that have to come together to make the show and I often think that because we are on stage as performers we get all the credit and then everyone is working their backsides off backstage and maybe they're not getting the credit that they deserve I'm with you 100% yeah. I think even from an audience perspective yeah. I never because it's it's so easy to just see what's literally yeah. in front of you yeah and 100% I think a lot of people are guilty of turning up to a show expecting to see a certain performer and go and seeing that maybe the understudies on and going oh I'm not seeing I'm not seeing Patti Lapone in company I'm seeing the understudy I think it's opened a lot of people's eyes so with um I know it happened on Sunset Boulevard when um Glenn Close went off and the understudy went on also on Funny Girl when Sheridan Smith had to take some time off for her personal reasons or whatever was going on and Natasha Barnes um, was playing the part and people were asking for their money back because they wanted to see Sheridan and not giving not giving basically not giving the understudies the chance that they deserved and actually when you sit back and 
actually give them a chance they're phenomenal and they've been given that job for a reason you wouldn't get cast as an understudy for somebody so big if you couldn't live up to them I mean as a child I was definitely guilty of that I say child a teenager like when I went to Wicked and I wanted to see Rachel Tucker play Elphaba and she wasn't and I was like oh I'm not seeing Rachel Tucker tonight and then I came out um and I'd seen the understudy and she was incredible just understudies opens your eyes to new performers that's what it is that's what I mean you know it's it's yeah, you just have to give them a chance, yeah. really. And, yeah. and I find that quite horrible because you're already there. So yeah, you're just mentally giving them yeah. a chance. But yeah. I think social media, in a way, is... It's a tricky subject, but in a way, it's also helped because I love seeing those backstage videos. Yeah. Because a lot of people are great at that, like Christy Altamore from Broadway. Yeah. She constantly does these oh, I love live, her, yeah. Yeah, these live shows. And then you get to see her wig being mm. put on or you see her dresser. Yeah. Or you see the, even the child wranglers, mm. nannies, whatever they are, you know, just taking care. And you kind of see all these bits and bobs that you yeah. never even think of. Yeah, 100%. It's just, it's one of those things where obviously everybody's name is listed in the program, every single person that works backstage. But I go to company and I see Pat Lapone, I see Rosalie Craig. The whole audience will be there. And they won't even think about what is going on who is moving those massive blocks of set or who is doing the lighting or moving props because without them we don't have a show it's the same with the audience without an audience we don't have a show and i and you sit there and you see the the you see somebody famous in front of you and you think oh that's that's who i've come to see and you mentioned meeting fans here or yeah. receiving messages yeah. from them so you know, do you get stage door? Have you had any like experiences meeting people after the show, getting to talk to them? Yeah, so I'm I'm very, um, I'm very for um, giving people time at the stage door, always because I was always that girl who stood at the stage door and waited for the performers to come out and wanting to talk to them about their experiences and wanting them to give me their time and you do as a young performer looking up to people in the west end you do always notice those people that kind of maybe are rude or or you always remember the people that did give you their time and i'm i'm not saying that every single performer should come out and spend 20 minutes at the stage door because obviously after a show you want to go home people have got lives but if somebody is there who is a massive fan of the show like last week in um Woking, we actually had a girl who was there every single night and is a massive fan of the show and always came in different costumes and outfits. Um, and she, I was actually poorly one day last week um, and it was the night that she got everyone to sign her program. And she sent me a, mass, a message on Instagram saying, oh, you're the only person I haven't who hasn't signed my program. And I made sure I met her before the show to sign her program because I think when people are so passionate about something, Again, it costs nothing for me to take five minutes to go down to the stage door, sign program, have some pictures and talk to somebody and just say like, oh, I'm so glad, like, do you enjoy the show? Just talk about them a bit. Because I know from my experiences at the stage door, like how much they would appreciate that. Especially young performers as well. Like we get, when I've seen young girls come to the stage door and stuff and look up to the leads in our show, I think I was that girl, so I would all, I always try and give people time at the stage door, and they're always so lovely as well. Like that's the thing. I've never touched words. <laughs> I've not had any bad stage door experiences before. You'd be surprised, but not that many people are actually into 
meeting people or and it goes a long way like I'm yeah. to, I never stage door because I'm too anxious oh, <laughs> I mean I would all, yeah I mean I'm 23 now and I still <laughs> I still want to go to the stage door and meet people and I sometimes have to put a professional hat on and say to myself Maddie you are in this industry now you can't just go and be a, you can't still be a fangirl but like company Rosalie Craig as Bobby like I absolutely adore her and I I want to learn from her it's like it's one of those things where you just as a young performer and even now I just want to learn from these people I'm you can't you're constantly learning in this industry you never stop and you can always learn something from somebody I read something on Instagram I think she's a swing she's an on-stage swing yeah uh on Broadway in the prom Mm -hmm. and she was saying how it really discouraged her to even come out because when she came out a couple of people were like oh I don't want your signature like oh yeah 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 you do you do get that where people are like oh that's just one of the swings and that's that's why I'm trying to get being a swing out there more into the industry so people understand that it's not just being a swing it's actually being versatile enough to cover like I cover the boys in this show so I have to do so much and that's that's not me like bigging myself up it's any swing in this industry like I don't think that just anybody could be a swing I'm not one of those people that comes out of stage door and thinks oh I really want to sign loads of autographs and have pictures with people but it is a bit irritating when people don't understand how much hard work goes into being a swing you always have to put in the same amount of effort you have to be really like good every night you can't you can't be lazy in this industry I think and once you are hired let's say to be a swing yeah is there a way because I'm just relating it to my industry is there a way to be promoted like if you or are you set to do this one role and that's it that's what you're hired Um, for I think maybe when you're actually like signed for a contract nothing really happens during the contract but you're always you have to prove yourself because you never know who's going to hire you next or what job's going to come up that the director from Rocky is going to be directing another show and they might think oh well she did really good on Rocky so I could put her on my next show as the resident choreographer or move her she was good in the ensemble and she's actually really she's really efficient so I'll put her on dance captain on my next job so it's kind of a thing of you always have to prove yourself so do you have any other creative outlets that you love to explore when you're not on stage performing do you do any anything else or, well, I, do, I actually do a lot of teaching, doing staging and stuff and making art as well as just doing what people give me. So obviously on the show, I do what I'm told to do. And then I also have that side where I come off and I choreograph routines for other schools. And then that's my work. There's so many different strands of things that you can do in this business like you you can you can be a creative or you can work in the producing side or you can be a performer or yeah there's just so many different options and there's you can always put your skills to good use one of the things that inspired me to to start this as well because yeah. I did a similar thing for my dissertation mm-hmm. I studied communication and media but I did a multimedia magazine okay highlighting these young mm-hmm performers young people not even performers young people in the industry and what I found is that there are so many ways to get in these days especially with YouTube you can be a theater yes 100% and and I actually interviewed a couple of people like that and then 
from an audience point of view, you only, which is what we spoke about, but yeah. you only think about this one thing, but there's so many careers. Yeah, 100%. So, so yeah, I do, I do want to like try and be a bit more creative. There's so many opportunities out there to just make art. And I think as long as you're happy and you love what you're doing, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what part of the industry you're in. And how do you yeah. deal with the uncertainty of this industry? Oh God. Um, I think you just have to be really optimistic and you have to go into this industry knowing that it's not going to be plain sailing. You're not just going to graduate from college and somebody's going to turn up to your front door and go, here you go, here's a West End job for two years. Like I graduated in 2015 and this is my first big job. A lot of people think maybe if you're on the outside looking in and you're not a performer and you're not in this industry, you think oh, well, if they're not in the West End, they haven't been successful. But again, like doing a pantomime for two months, that is successful. Go, going on a cruise ship, that is successful. It's all about learning and building your CV and learning who you are as a person and meeting people, making contacts and making memories at the end of the day. It almost sounds like you have to be very, very mature from a quite young age yeah you know because uh, just out of college or starting uni it's yeah. like 17 18 so you have to yeah. go in knowing that it's not going to be yeah i mean it's the same in every single college where there will be people who are favorites and they will get all the leads in the productions and they will get offered solos in showcases and unfortunately i was not one of those people when i was at college i actually didn't really have any performing opportunities I never really sat, I sang a solo while I was at college and I was not ever featured um, and I actually think that that has aided me so then when I graduated I wasn't really expecting anything whereas if I had been handed performing opportunity constantly on a plate at college and I'd come out and not been offered a job straight away I think I'd have been a bit like oh, something's not right here because I've been, I was one of the favourites at college. So there's a lot of politics at colleges. I try just to take everything as an experience and everything as a learning curve. I know that a lot can be learned from the greats. Yeah. So who are some of your own role models and anyone you look up to? Oh, oh, I thought you might ask me this. Okay, so obviously, like I said, Barbara Streisand is like, I would say she's been the longest, the person who's, been in my life obviously she's not in my life I wish she was um but um the longest I think I, I've always looked up to her Rosalie Craig is like m- massively I think because she's quite in the public eye at the moment with the whole company thing just the way she tells a story so truthfully and is it true I picked up on this little fact about you but <laughs> that you used to write a lot of fan letters to performers as a child <gasps> Really? Where did you find that? Your Twitter. Oh. I wish. <laughs> did you ever hear back from them? What's been the oh, most memorable? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it would always it was something like really exciting for me, like to go and see a show and be inspired by somebody, then think, oh, I really want to like ask them some questions, and it was always that kind of thing like that I would like post to them. Um, so I'd write my letters, and I spent ages thinking like, oh well, they probably don't have time to reply to loads, so I'll just pick a few questions. And um, so I'd send that off, and I'd always come home from school and be like, oh, is there any post for me? So, yeah, I did. I used to um, get some really lovely replies. So I always remember um, Connie Fisher when she won. 
Sound of Music program on BBC she wrote me a really lovely letter when I wrote to her and I just think people don't write letters anymore and it's such a shame because oh, I'd love to get something like that now being a performer but now it's just it's just so easy to just get, get on your phone go on Twitter go on Instagram and send somebody a message kids are just missing out on so much good stuff like I oh, I'd go to Boots and I'd get um like pictures printed and I'd send them off in the post be like please can you sign these these pictures of you these production pictures I mean I'm now very lucky because I'll have mutual friends. Um, oh, I'm, I am going to tell you about this because yes. I'm a massive fan of Mamma Mia 2. Like, horrendously. Like, I love this film so much because it gives me so much joy and like, I love ABBA. So, um, I have a story for you afterwards as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so um, Lily J. Have you seen it? It's produced yeah. by Universal Pictures. Oh, That's amazing. That's going to be my story. Amazing. Oh, um, so, um, Lily James, I'm literally... Like, She's also another one of my inspirations. And then one of my good friends, it turns out, is actually like best friends with Lily James. So I arrived I arrived at Manchester um, at work and I arrived at the stage door and there was a parcel for me. I was like, what is this? I've not ordered anything. And it was a Mamma Mia 2 DVD signed by Lily James. And it said, to Maddie, um, keep dancing, love Lily James. And I just lo- lost my mind because everyone knows everyone in this industry and that is why I love being a part of it because I can still be a fangirl and it's okay I never feel embarrassed to go up to somebody if I met somebody in the street who inspired me I would go up to them and I'd be like you you've inspired me and I'm now a performer so thank you and what's the next step professionally that you're hoping to make oh so obviously I'm on Rocky until next year but I mean Oh, I've got so many things that I'd love to do. Like, I really want to be on Call the Midwife. I always just think to myself, like, when I think about the future, all I want is to be happy. Like, I, this industry is so uncertain, but I always think, so long as I'm happy, that's, that's all that matters. And what makes you happy outside of this business? I guess, like, my family and friends and stupid things, like when there's a full moon out and the stars are, stars are out and stuff, like, nice views and stuff, just like small things in life like when people are nice to me or like when I know I've made somebody's day or something just like stupid little things like I wouldn't say like there's one particular hobby it's more lifestyle choices random section yeah yeah, I'm excited for this okay keep it super quick but okay okay I'm ready so what's the one thing about you that we wouldn't learn just from your CV alone a lot of people think I'm naturally ginger if you could play one gender bent role what would it be in my <gasps> Okay. See, this is really hard because I love Bobby and company, but now that's already been yeah. gender-bended. This is the way the industry should be going. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. We should be able to gender-bend roles, right? Yeah. I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. It would, you know, because company made waves with, yeah. you know, doing this. Yeah, so of course. It's good from a publicity point of view. Yeah. It's good from a, you know, just a human point yeah. of view. Okay, so last movie that you had an emotional connection with? Star is Born. What's the one question that you hate being asked? Have you got a boyfriend yet? <laughs> that's always good. That's always one. There's always one, like, the family get together or your friends. Oh, have you finally found someone? No. Best piece of advice that you've received? Be nice to every single person that you meet. You never know what struggles people are going through. You never know somebody's story. If you could switch lives with one legend, who would it be? 
Babs. Barbara. Just because, I mean, I look at her life and I think she's a very inspirational lady. Like she does, she's obviously had an incredible career. She's, she does so much, like she does lots of charity work. She's very strong with her opinions and she always like stands for what's right. Book recommendation. You can't go wrong with Harry Potter, can you? Oh. I'll, I'll never get bored of those books. Never. Who is the kindest person you know? The two girls that I share the dressing room with, Katie and Shelby, they literally have dealt with all of my problems with me. They've just been there throughout everything and they never turned around and went, oh, Andy, shut up, we're so bored of this. They just, every day I came in, if I had a problem, they'd be like, right, let's talk about it, what's going on? And yeah, just and those two girls, honestly, we are, I think we're all rocks to each other. If your life would be made into a biopic, what would the title be? She's not really ginger. <laughs> I love that. Um, I don't know. Something about... Maybe something about being short and not letting it stop me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Mate, no. I would call it, I'm too nice. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. because people do take advantage of me because I'm too nice as a person. I need to start being, like, a horrible person. No, not a horrible no, person. But, um, but, yeah, that's what it would be called. I'm too nice. Perfect. Short and sweet. It's short and sweet. Like that, that would actually <laughs> that would be good one as well. Short uh, and sweet. Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. Well, on that note. Oh, that's brilliant. That. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you so oh, much. I'm sad me. that's over. I mean, it's been literally two hours and fifteen minutes apparently because I can see it. That is brilliant. Can I come back? Can we oh, do yeah. round oh, two? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me go and have some more life experience. Then we can come, you can come back and. Ask, you oh, can yeah, ask definitely. me some When you get big and famous, I'll... Well, oh, my know. gosh, absolutely. That's if you can happen. fit me in your schedule. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you have to come and see Rocky Horror at some point. Yeah. yeah. I need to. Yeah. I need to. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good.